Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Here we are for round two of Leadership Bullshit in a Tough Economy. That's right. We've been talking last week, we talked about uh, brainless downsizing and how leaders and companies seem to be that's their first response to red lines. And today we're talking about how they deliver the news. That they don't. That they don't. Somebody else does. Here's our number one clue that the initial decision to do the brainless downsizing was brainless was because these people are somehow unwilling to deliver the message themselves. That interesting. That's right. So They were such great leaders and it was just some bad news. You would just be able to sit down, it seems, and have a heart to heart and say, you know, to get through this, we're going to need to make some changes and not everyone's going to stay employed. But instead, we've got today's topic, the HR, human resource, cop-out. That's right. The HR spin to the bad news. And usually it's poor, some poor uh, middle manager, HR person who has to be in front of some angry people and tell them that their jobs are in jeopardy or their vacations getting cut or that their budgets are getting cut. That's right. You're being furloughed. Well, you know, I kind of um, go to the extreme on this topic and believe almost any company that even has a human resources department or have leaders that are in denial that there's human beings who work in their company. One of our first series on the hard facts of working with people is you got to come to terms with is, you know, if you're in, if you've got a big team, you got to take into account the people facts. It's not a side thing. It's not the soft side. It's not the unfortunate side. It's the core. And it's your first of your responsibilities of the leader and not something you delegate off an HR department. We do want to point out that there are reasons for HR departments, particularly as they protect companies and employees legally and the work That's that- That's very nice of you. Yeah, the, the work that those people do is important. What we are particularly focusing is how they are used to, in a bad way, to sort of spin bad news and to protect the company from yeah, its employees. spin and shield. Spin and shield. It's sad because what's being de- delegated- is what people want to hear from their leader most of all. Far from what most leaders imagine about this difficult conversation and the rebellion or the collapse in morale that might take place if they have it, if they in fact had these conversations themselves and did the work of listening to the pain and the complaints and the anger, it would go far more smoothly. Because those responsible for the decision would be the ones in the conversation. They actually create a bigger headache for themselves and a total collapse of trust by delegating it off to human resources. Well, I'll share this example of a person who's close to me and the kind of the bad news that was delivered in their company. It's my husband, but I must protect him and his company since he still works for it, so I won't go into specifics. They had a meeting, everybody was there, and there was some HR people there. Neither the president nor any of the senior vice presidents of his company were there to tell them that they were downsizing. Mm, there you go. And then there was these ridiculous reasons for why they did it, some which made sense, some of which were kind of these random decisions. And overall, it just makes everybody angrier because they ultimately see that the leaders aren't even there to deal with the consequences of their decisions. Exactly. They didn't even show up to the meeting to show their faces. Mm, And that makes people angrier than the news. (laughs) It does, because, you know, you're under the impression that we were all in this together. And then all of a sudden, you know, they skip out on the difficult part. The other part of the spin that's offensive is it's not truth-based. It's not fact-based. 
it's fact-connected, but rather tenuously. And the thinking goes something like this. How shall we phrase this so that people do not get angry, morale does not collapse, and we don't get lawsuits? So what becomes important is getting the kind of reaction that you want out of people, not really telling the truth. And that angers people because they know they're being spun. They know it's being you know, massaged. And that is inherently, this is a definition, that is inherently disrespectful. That is an act of disrespect by definition to have to pad something and not trust someone's interpretation or their ability or your ability to talk your way through to a common understanding. Right. And I think in this, in this series, we can, our week series, we can definitely say that if you're the leader and you're not delivering the bad and the good news to your employees, then you are not being a leader and you're copping out. Exactly. The HR cop out. It is a form of copping out of the place where you need to stand. And in this economy, at the time, people need you to stand there the most. That's where we want to, even though we're upset and we're poking at you, we want to say, you know, we need you. We need you to be there. That works. That works if you're there with us, conversing with us, talking through the misunderstandings and the anger and the feeling betrayed or whatever is going on. Well, and I think in our culture, even though, I mean, you talk to maybe 50 to 70% of people and somebody will have some sort of complaint about their boss being this or that or whatever. But I think on the flip side is we all expect them to be there. We all expect them to have a sense of authority of sort of looking after us. And those are where the disappointments lie. It's, I don't get enough support. They're never there. They don't do their job. They don't. Those are the kinds of things we hear. They're incompetent, blah, 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 are few and farther between, it's that people want their bosses to be leaders. Exactly. Exactly. So we're not saying that the problem is being a leader. We're not saying the problem is having more power than other people. There's a role to be played there. And it's when you do not embrace that role in all its complexities and especially these difficult things that people feel let down. And you actually, ironically, and to your devastating um, loss of trust, um, experience the exact opposite. When you delegate that off to either the HR or now (laughs) made famous by the movie Up in the Air, consultants to do what is by definition your, your job. So we, we've been talking about sort of those alternatives to be able to communicate well. So tell us a little bit more about what the alternatives can be if we're leaders sort of trying. And it, it could be that in your organization, you want to be more direct, you want to be more honest, but somebody's telling you no, because there's a way that things have been done in the past. How do you come out from under that? How do you be a leader who's truthful and who gives the bottom line to people? Well, one is, I think, just simply coming to terms with there's no easy way out. There really is no way to avoid lawsuits. There is no way to have people not be disappointed or angry that they were the ones whose job was eliminated. And so if you're going to go into something where there's going to be all those feelings and all those alternatives available to people and all those levels of maturity, you know, it's, you just can't get out of it. So I think that's what a lot of the HR solutions and leaders are looking for is a way to avoid all that. And that's the wrong goal. That's the first lesson. That's the wrong goal. The goal and where, you need, where it becomes essential for you to be present and, you know, we just can't let anyone talk us out of not being engaged and present in our own crises is that's your job. 
you know, that is the definition of your job is to be um, engaged and central in these conversations that are going on. And if they are difficult conversations, you know, you need to have them. So let's talk about techniquing because I know as leaders, we're just tempted to take the easy way out to just have a process that makes people feel quote heard, but then do nothing with it. So let's, let's do our warning about techniquing. Okay. Well, if you really do not like people and you really do not want to hear what they say, and again, your goal, I think the people who technique are the ones whose goal is that they do not want anything bad to come out of it. And their goal has nothing to do with clear communication. Their goal has nothing to do with it. And that's the problem with it. You've got to be interested in what your employees are thinking if you're going to do active listening with them. You can't do it as a technique on them. They can intuit it instantly that you're playing with them. So you have to truly respect these people and truly be sorry that they're going. But your responsibility is to make the best business decision possible on behalf of the whole firm and its future. And so we cannot sustain our current size and it's resulting in needing to downsize. You know, if you want to just get out of the relational aspect of that, I guess, you know, my hard side wants to say, I'm, I can't be on your side in that sense. I got to say, you got to get over here and care once you care and you can have the conversation and you will survive it. And so will they. They'll get another job. They'll be able to move on. And they'll be able to do it much easier. They'll be able to do it much more easily, having been treated with respect and valued and than they would be if they've been, you know, come in one morning to an email and being locked out of their computer and that's treated right. like the next potential criminal yeah. that's going to rip them rip off the company. That's what really angers people is they go from being valued employee to suspect of, you know, possible saboteur all in a matter of minutes. Well, that does happen. And I I think, you know, in our line of work, we run into people where they have been damaged very much at work and they carry it with them. And I'm just saying you leaders have a lot of control on whether they feel that work is a place they have to protect themselves from you or they feel that you with more power are on their side and this is a safe place to learn and go for it. And, you know, those are two different worlds and you get two very different. Well, and results. you lie to people, and it, it it really does affect your bottom line. People feel like you're not; they're not really cared for in work. They're not going to do their best work. Yeah, they may do what gets them by, what keeps them getting a job, being in the job, but they're not going to do their best work. And it's BS because people know it. People know it. You may have had one one less electronic component stolen by an employee that week, but you lost far more in how they didn't show up in their job. Well, next week we're going to be talking about leaders and the fine art of blaming others. Ooh. <laughs> so we take their problems and they want to find someone who's responsible. And it's not them. And it's not them. So we'll be talking about that. And that particularly happens when we're crunched and we're stretched at work. So join us on the web at boldenterprises.com with any questions or comments or if this really is really chapping your hide, as they say, come on and tell us about it. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.